Happy to be here with everybody this morning. Really, we are very excited to be here. I have two of my children, like Mike mentioned. Uh, my oldest and my wife are battling those wonderful things of seasonal allergies right now. So I think we can all relate to that. Um, it's just that time of the year. The red buds are so pretty, but there's other things that come along with that. And so um, they send their wishes and uh, they send their greetings to everybody and I'm sure we'll see each other again this summer, which is the reason that I'm here, is because we're looking forward to having everybody back to camp this summer. So, um, like Mike mentioned, you know, the state has kind of relaxed some of those restrictions. Those are our, big, our biggest concerns, like how strict is the state going to be for places like us, uh, like a camp. And so, when that happened, and then between the board, you know, we've committed to doing whatever it takes to have camp this summer. Between the relaxation of the state and the board, just we're, we're looking forward to having everybody out to camp. I used to tell people, which I still will tell you, register for camp. Uh, even if you can't, um, <clears throat> even if you, you want to wait and pay later, like when you're showing up to camp, just go ahead and register now because it saves your spot. You don't have to pay for your registration online, you can hit the little pay later, and then you just bring your money with you to registration day at, at camp. That way, if the state does try to come back around and say, well, you can only have so many people, and we have to work within those confines, your name's already on the list. You know, you're not, you're not waiting and trying to see if it's going to work last minute, if you can get in. Do it now. Sign up now. Register now. Uh, during the camp update, get on your phone and register while I'm up here talking. Probably wouldn't want to do it during the actual sermon part. You know, you might want to listen during that. But, I mean, it's, it's super simple. You can get on and get registered. Um, save that spot because we're going to have camp back this summer. It's going to be great. Um, so I want to give everybody a quick just kind of update about how the last year has gone with the camp. Now that that's over, let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> now, it was, it was definitely a sad, sad, sad day. It was about a year ago where we uh, made the announcement that we weren't going to have camp last summer. So that was really difficult. There was just so many unknowns at that point. I mean, try to think a year ago where we were and what we knew and what we thought we knew and what we didn't know. And some of you may be like, it's still the same, you know, but we feel like there's been progress, you know, enough to, to say, all right, we know enough about what we're doing to, I tell people that we're just taking this common sense approach to sending your kids to camp. We did it before there was such a thing as COVID. We, we had common sense that if your kid woke up on the day of camp with a screaming hot fever, you're not going to say, oh, well, it's time for camp, Johnny, so load up and go. You know, if they've got a fever, you're not, obviously not going to send them to camp for a week. And so it's just common sense stuff like that, right? We ask people, just, just use a little common sense. If your kids aren't feeling well, please don't send them to camp, whether it's a fever or a stomach bug or anything. We don't want any of that stuff to be passed around at camp. And so um, we're, even though we didn't have camp last summer, we we're still pretty busy, even, and my kids, begrudgingly, uh, we didn't open the pool last summer either, and so, you know, 
they were kind of like, oh man, he was like, well, yeah, that's a lot of upkeep to maintain an 80,000 gallon pool with five people that are going to swim in it all summer, you know. So that and we would have been another rec center for the community. We'd have, have, we'd have been the most popular people in town. Hey, hey, can we come swim at your... And so, uh, anyways, we're, gonna, we're opening up the... Actually, the cover's already off the pool because it's going to take a lot of cleaning and prep and stuff like that to get it turned around. Um, but we've had a lot of different uh, groups out doing projects at the camp. Um, <clears throat> uh, like, like I said, we opened the pool up. That's not that big of a deal. But we have a new playground at the camp that wasn't there the last time. Uh, you were at camp. We had a big, giant, it's hard to describe. It took like a 30-foot gooseneck trailer to haul it. It was a church up in Kansas City. said, hey, if you want it, come get it. I said, yes, we want it. We went and got it, and we put it together at the camp. And so it's got like two big, giant forts. It's got a a twisty slide and two slides and a little climbing wall and tire swing and monkey bars Am I thinking of everything there, guys? I think that's about it, right? Anyways, it's giant. <clears throat> and it's right next to the swing set that was there, so it's like our little playground area now. Um, we uh, refinished the chapel stage floor. Uh, it was just painted like a off-white color. We, we actually put down all new plywood on the, on the decking, and we actually scorched it with a burner, so it has that you know, dark wood grain look to it and coated it with poly so it's nice and shiny and and clean and the stage is really sharp and ready to go. Um, And we installed two big 10-foot garage doors in the dining hall. So if you've been to the camp, how many of you have been to the camp? You guys have been to the camp? Okay, good number of you. You know the dining hall, right? Uh, It's where everybody goes three times a day and eats and especially when it comes to July, when it's really, really hot, that building can get kind of stagnant and, and kind of musty, and, you know, I don't, <laughs> it's hard to describe, but just think like camp, right? You're there, and you're enjoying it, and you're sweating, but you're enjoying it because you're at camp. Well, we added, we put two big 10-foot uh, wide, 9-foot tall garage doors on opposite ends of the cafeteria, so during the meal times, we can open those up. We've been wanting to do that for a while. Who knew that added airflow would be something that would be beneficial, you know, with the things that we're dealing with now. And so uh, we put new LED lighting in the cafeteria. We painted the walls in the cafeteria. So it's a lot of things are going to look quite a bit different when you come back to camp. And probably the biggest one, which, you know, if I had a hat on, you take your hat off and Hold it over your moment of silence. The, those two older buildings kind of off next to the lake where the canteen was. And then the other building was, at one point, was the kitchen. But it was really had just uh, devolved into like a catch-all for all kinds of anything. Um, those two buildings are going to be coming down this, very, this week on Wednesday. A group of Amish are coming out and they're going to take all the tin and lumber and leave me with a big pile of burning stuff. And so um, those two old buildings are coming down because we're still slowly but surely, you know, working, if it's baby step at a time, towards a new cafeteria in that location. And so this is just another step in that process. We have to get those old buildings down. Instead of just tossing those buildings away, you know, the Amish, they could use them. 
and they'll be willing to come out and tear it down for free. So, uh, you know, it saves the camp money as far as not having to rent an excavator and dumpsters and all that kind of stuff. So, um, like I said, a moment of silence. Those buildings are the probably next to the chapel, the next oldest buildings left on the camp. Um, so we're going to do our best to the, that one building that the canteen was in had those, if you remember, those brown stones around it. That uh, Those were actually quarried from the creek right there at the camp. So we're going to hang on to all those, and we'll repurpose them somehow in the new cafeteria. But the biggest thing with the new cafeteria is just money. We, just, we don't know how much it's going to cost. We don't know, you know how much we can afford. I know right now the camp really was not in a good position to take on a lot of debt uh, as far as like building a whole new half a million dollar building. You know, I mean, if you, have you looked at the prices of lumber and metal lately? So, I mean, half a million dollars, it sounds like a lot, but when you start planning a big building with a commercial kitchen and the dining area and restrooms and all that, it adds up pretty quick. So half a million dollars, I think I'm in the ballpark there for a new cafeteria. Um, so really, it's just money at this point. We're, we're just, so if you are looking, you know, you've got just an extra half a million dollars laying around that you want to write off, you know, hey, I'm your guy here, okay? But um, no, in all seriousness, please be in prayer about that because that dining hall that I mentioned earlier, that's our biggest bottleneck. Really, you can only hold about 120, 130 people in there comfortably. We have put more in there uncomfortably, especially in July. Um, but, you know, we're, we're looking to improve that. We built the new dorms. They're 20 years old now, believe it or not. Almost some of them, the, the boys' dorm, I guess, is more like 15. The girls' dorm is almost 20. So, hard to believe, but that's, those have been there. Oh, speaking of the dorms, we have all new mattresses on the beds now. We had those, we got the last ones put in in like February, and then March came around, and so there's a bunch of mattresses in there that have never been even slept on still. And so, um, we've had some groups out, so... Some of most of them probably have, but you might there's might be one or two that haven't been slept on yet. But anyways, they haven't been used for a, a week of camp. That's for sure. We're really excited about that. So, you know, just keep the camp in mind as far as the fundraising goes. You know, we're always, you know, we're always accepting donations, especially for uh, this future of the the cafeteria, the new dining hall that we want to build. <clears throat> that'll be right there on the lake, overlooking the lake, you know. I have this vision of, you know, my big glass windows looking over the lake with a wraparound porch, you know, real cozy and homey, but, you know, rustic and camp and, you know, but you can do a lot with a metal building nowadays too, so. Um, we've been doing a lot this year that we've had, quote-unquote, off uh, from campers, but there's still a lot to be done. Uh, it'll be really good just to have everybody back at the camp. Oh, yeah, we're, I, there's so much stuff going on, it's hard for me. If I didn't have a list, there, we're putting in an 18-hole disc golf course all around the campground, too, like an actual disc golf with baskets and everything. That's, the holes have pretty much all been laid out. Uh, they just got to come. I have a group that's doing that, that. They're coming out, and they'll set the baskets and make sure the throwing lanes are clear and stuff like that. So, It'll be a full 18-hole golf course. Nine of the holes are going to be in the woods back behind the miniature golf course. We haven't been used. That part of the camp really has never been used. 
as far as I know. The people would go to the golf course, and then it's like, eh, we're not going to go up there. You know, there's a little trail that goes around the lake, but we're talking like 100 yards or more past the lake up in those woods there. There's going to be nine holes in the woods, so, you know, it's going to be the ricochet course <laughs> off the trees and <laughs> play it where it lies, right? So, um, there's just so much going on, and I could talk about the camp for a long time. I've been, oh God, that's nice. I've been talking about it for 12 minutes, so, <laughs> and I feel like I've rushed through everything that's going on, too. So, if you have more questions, or if you want to know how you can help, maybe money isn't the thing that you want to do, uh, you should have the pantry supply list. You know, we send that out every year, stock the pantry. While you're grocery shopping, grab an extra thing of bleach or an extra package of toilet paper uh, you know, those kind of things help us out that way. Those are easy, easy ways to help us out. Um, or if you want to volunteer at the camp, uh, they always are looking for helpers to fill in or to come and uh, serve in the kitchen. You know, come out and work for a day. You chop lettuce and tomatoes and you wash dishes and stuff like that in the kitchen with our, with our cook. And then, uh, or if you really into it, you know, you can come and volunteer for a whole week at camp and, and stay out there with the campers. Um, I was telling Lori this morning, I, I'm really, really happy with how all of our deans have landed this year and where they're at in their camps. The, the summer is going to be really good uh, between the camp teams that are coming. Uh, you know, we've got, I know we've got Ozarks committed to both of our high school weeks. Um, we're working on Manhattan but this one's really exciting for me because that's where I went to school, Johnson University, Johnson Bible College, when I was there, from Tennessee is actually sending us camp teams to both of our high school camps this year. And so I was really shocked, really surprised that they were willing, willing to travel, you know, 1,000 miles, maybe even 1,100 miles, 1,000 miles, call it 1,000, you know, to send a camp team to a week of camp. But, yeah, they're sending a camp team to both of our high school camps, so that they're setting up to be really, really, really good. And so, um, yeah, be in prayer for the camp. Be in prayer for me. Um, my This is the time of year where my stress levels just keep ratcheting up. You know, I don't always have a twitch in my eye when I'm, you know. <laughs> but it's it's good. It's all good stress, right? It's good projects going on, lots of good things happening at the camp. Um Things are going to be different in a lot of ways. Like I said, there's a lot of new things. Um, and then with everything else going on, we just have to accommodate and adapt and make it work, right? And so we thank you for your prayers through all of this. It wasn't easy last summer being alone and not having anything really to do other than to drive the lawnmower around the camp. That was really all I did was I'd go out and I'd talk to the grass while I'm mowing, you know. And so <clears throat> anyways, um, Get your kids registered for camp and and be praying about a way to help out the camp, whether it's, you know, the pantry list or spending some time at the camp or, you know, those financial donations. They are going to get us to where we want to be as far as even building that new cafeteria. And so we've, we're putting a lot of money into our current buildings to keep them up. Uh, but we're also understanding that we need to be looking towards the future to, to expand the camp and uh, it might be nice to eat dinner in the air conditioning, I think, at camp. I don't know. Maybe it's not camp anymore if you're eating your meals in air conditioning. But they're sleeping in the AC already. So let's just, uh, 
let's just be in prayer about that, and we'll see what, what the Lord has in store for the camp. So, all right, let's, uh, if you've got your Bible, uh, I want you to, to flip over to Philippians uh, chapter 4. And just hold on to that for a second. Philippians chapter 4. So, how many of us, and I'll raise my hand on this too, how many of us would say that we are worriers? How many of you are worried? How many of you are professional worriers? Like, you can worry with the best of them, right? That's, that's me. All that stuff that I just shared with you, it's also a worry, right? I'm like, oh, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? What if somebody wants this? You know, it's always, there's always something at the camp to worry about. And so we worry about a lot of things, don't we? We worry about our health. Um, we worry about money. We worry about too much, don't we? We, we spend too much time worrying. There's a, a quote that I found that I like that says this, worry is the interest we pay on tomorrow's troubles. Worry is the interest we pay on tomorrow's troubles. And that's not scripture. That's just a quote, right, from somebody somewhere. E. Stanley Jones. I don't even know who the guy is, right? I just liked that quote on worry. We worry about things all the time, right? We, we, whether we have enough money in the bank account to get food, um, Will I have a job, or am I going to ha- get a job, or will I lose my job? Um, have you ever had a car that makes you a better prayer, right? That car that when you get in it to start it up, you say a quick prayer, right? I mean, your prayer life was never better when you had this car, right? Because every time you're going to pray, you say, Dear Lord, let this car start up, right? And you, okay. Uh, let's look at Philippians chapter 4 here, about worry, We'll start in verse 2, okay? Philippians 4, verse 2, I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanks, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is pure, whatever, or whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I mentioned Johnson Bible College earlier. Uh, I had a professor while I was there. His name was Bob Martin, and um, he passed away a few years ago. But when you were walking around campus, you know, all of the professors at Johnson lived on campus. And so you constantly were, you know, crossing paths with the professors, you know, whether it was going to the mail room or going to the cafeteria or just walking to class, you know, didn't. And whenever you would come and cross paths with Bob Martin, you know, you'd exchange pleasantries. How are you today? You know, he would, or he would, you know, how are you today? Fine. How are you, Bob? 
And his answer was always the same. He would always say, rejoicing in the Lord. You know, you can hear that deep. He, he was an old guy when I was there. And that's okay to say that because uh, my in-laws actually were at, met at J. Johnson as well. And he was a professor when they were there in the 70s. And so he'd been at Johnson for a very long time. And you know that he's white hair, a white goatee, and just this rejoicing in the Lord. That was his, that was his response. And how are you today, Bob? Rejoicing in the Lord. And I like that, right? How many of us would do better to, to live that way, right? Verses 6 and 7 say, do not be anxious about anything, right? Instead, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And sometimes I wonder myself, why do I worry so much? Why do we spend so much time worrying? We know how the story ends. We, deep down, we know who's in control, right? We know how it's going to work out. We still worry, don't we? Um, okay, another passage we're going to look at is from Matthew chapter 6. So, flip back a little bit. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, it's in the, if your Bible has the red letters, it's in a very red section of the Bible, okay? Um, not that these words are any more important than any other of the rest of the Bible, right? They're just there to signify that it's the words of, of Jesus. That's what Jesus said himself. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in um, verse 25, okay? And... I think that's cool that they're able to pop the words up on the screen there real quick. It makes me look like I brought something with but I didn't bring any slides. So just hang on to verse 25. I'm going to back up because, well, when you look at verse 25, um, chapter 6, verse 25, the first word says, therefore. But Jesus is pretty clear that we're not supposed to do that, right? We're not supposed to do that. And I think when it comes down to it, when you really, when you really evaluate why do we worry? And this, like I said, I'm, this is preaching to myself here too, right? We worry because, at least in my mind, we don't think God can handle it. Or we don't think God completely understands. Or we think the old adage, if you want it done right, do it yourself, right? Well, when it comes to worrying about the future and worrying about things that we can't control... God says, no, don't do that, right? You see, there's, there's seven words in the Greek language, and I'm not going to go over all seven of them this morning, okay? There's seven words in the Greek language for sin, this concept that we understand as sin, okay? Probably the most famous one is the Greek word hamartia, which means falling short or, or missing the mark. The common illustration, right, is archery. You draw the, you draw the bow back, you release the arrow, and it misses the mark, right? If it were me, it would miss the target altogether and end up in the weeds, right? That's one idea of sin, right? And we see that in our lives. We live a certain way, and we miss, right? We fall short. There's another word in the Greek for sin, and it's paraptoma. So now when somebody walks up to you at Walmart and says, hey, what's that one word in Greek for sin, right? You can say, oh, it's Hamartia? No, the other one. Paraptoma, right? <laughs> Anyways, it's kind of this idea of uh, my father-in-law. He's also a Bible college professor. He says it's like tiptoeing, right? This paraptoma, it's got kind of that tiptoe sound to it. Uh, but it basically means to trespass, to uh, uh, 
basically uh, to enter into somebody else's lane, right? To trespass, right? The hunting, we see them on property boundaries, you know, no trespassing, no hunting, no trespassing, along fence rows and things like that. That's that idea. Paraptoma is going, is stepping where we shouldn't. And Jesus uses this word, and I bet you could guess where, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 uh, and 15. He says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you. The word there he uses for sin is paraptoma. Trespasses, right? Um, trespass in, as a sin in the Bible is to step into God's lane and to do it right ourselves. That's that idea. And that's what we do when we worry. We're saying that we don't really feel like God understands or God has a handle on it or God really is God because if you know, we need to humble ourselves because God is God. God's saying, relax, and don't worry about tomorrow. I've got this. And the last scripture I want to look at is First uh, Peter. First <clears throat> Peter 5, uh, verse 6 and 7. First Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Let's look at 7 first. There you go, perfect. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, right? But look at verse uh, 6. Back up and look at verse 6. It says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Humble ourselves. That's what we're called to do. We're called to humble ourselves before the Lord, realizing that we can't do it on our own. It won't be better if we do it ourselves. That we need to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, that he may lift us up in due time. Cast all of your burdens onto him because he cares for you. Cast all of your worries on him because he cares for you. Because no matter what's going on in our world, we saw in uh, Philippians, Paul was addressing some people were arguing in the church. People were arguing in the church. People weren't getting along in the community. I mean, how often have we seen that this past year, that people that were otherwise friends, this over one of these culture, social issues, they're just not getting along anymore. And, God, and Paul is addressing that kind of thing. He's saying, look, above all, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Don't be anxious about anything. So I'll say a prayer, and then we'll move into our communion time. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we can... Uh, stop and read it and learn about it and understand it. God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see your will in our lives and to, uh, to continue to live for you 
in a way that uh, is not burdened with worries and fears and anxieties, but God that uh, rejoices in you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate that very much. And we're going to make a subtle transition, and it is subtle because uh, uh, this is kind of our response time is what we're about to enter into from what uh, Eric just challenged us with. And <clears throat> my community meditation was actually different than what I was, uh, I'm going to share with you, because um, I was going to talk about camp and an experience I had, but, but I think we're just going to try to keep it more focused on just the uh, um, humbling ourselves and, and submitting ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And, and that's really what communion is about, is it's an opportunity for us to, you know, humble ourselves before God. Uh, we bring all kinds of things into this room when we come. We have all kinds of things going on in our lives. And, and a lot of overlapping things, you know, the worries are somewhat the same whether they're just family worries or financial worries or job worries, um, but, but yet they're very uniquely uh, individually uh, different. Um, they affect us all differently, too. Um, but when we come to this table, <clears throat> it's an opportunity for us to lay all of those burdens, those worries uh, at his table, um, it's, he wants us to be dependent upon him. And, um, and this is just our way of coming to him as his children and just saying, I trust you, God. I trust you with the worries that I brought into this place, this, this uh, place of worship. And I'm just going to trust that you're going to handle those. Um, and when we get to leave with, with a much lighter uh, load than what we came with, and, and this is a perfect place to do that, um, you know, is to uh, uh, lay them right here. Because this is, this is uh, what he has done in order to take care of all of those burdens. Um, you know, when he gave his life uh, for us, it pretty much covers everything, right? I mean, that's one of the things Eric was talking about, just the reassurance. We already know how this all works out. We know how the game ends, um, and we know that we're already victorious and stuff, but uh, just remembering that we are uh, victorious in everything. So whatever burden you have, whatever concern that you brought, uh, and I know that you know you're already victorious, but but part of uh, walking out um, with our heads held high and, and claiming that is laying our burdens before the one who knows how to, to handle those and entrusting those to him. So let me pray, and then let's just mentally get ourselves uh, focused and, you know, mentally and emotionally try to release some of those heavy burdens that we've carried into this place before him and take up this cup of juice and bread and partake of it. And remember, he is the one who has made us victorious. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. And we thank you, Lord, for just the encouraging words from your word uh, to remind us that uh, you care for us. And the only thing that is required of us is just to humble ourselves before you. And part of that humility is just giving up um, 
what we can't control anyway and just giving control over to you and trusting that you would um, handle it your way, which is always better than anything that we could do. And so, Father, we just want to be your children that humbly uh, ask that you um, take our burdens and care for them the way that you want. Uh, We thank you so much for Jesus who was ultimately the the perfect example of of laying and entrusting himself to you completely. And that's this this juice, this bread that we uh, uh, partake of at this moment is just an example of that. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.